Good evening. We're going to go ahead and get started. So the meeting of the February 21st, 2024. Okay. Housing Code Advisory and Appeals Board will now come to order. The board consists of five members who are not employees of the city. The board is an impartial decision maker. The board is appointed by the mayor with the approval of the city council. Your board members are myself, George and Tablian as the chair. We also have uh, Mr. Chamberlain and Ms. O'Brien. Uh, we will also have another board member join us shortly uh, into the meeting, Mr. Boyd. Additionally, we have Leslie Bell, Secretary to the Board, Peter Lemos, Code and Housing Enforcement Chief, Bo Cosley, Principal Building Inspector, and our vendor car counsel to the Board. Uh, Secretary, please call roll. Antablian. Here. Fisher. Boyd. Chamberlain. Here. O'Brien. All right, so I'm going to read the description for the Housing Code Advisory Board uh, for items two and three today. We're here to determine whether the owners of the building and structures in the cases before us this evening have violated the provisions of chapters 8.96 of the Dangerous Building Code or chapters 8.100 of the Housing Code of the City of Sacramento. The question here is, was the property in violation of the city code at the time of the notice and order was issued, and was the notice and order properly issued? If it is shown by a preponderance of the evidence that the owner has violated the dangerous buildings code or the housing code, then this board will issue a written decision ordering the owner to correct the dangerous or substandard conditions or demolish the building within a reasonable time. The board's decision will direct the time within which the work must be stated, started and when the work must be completed. If the owner decides to do the work required and the work is progressing in a reasonable manner, the city inspector may grant an extension of time not to exceed an additional 120 days. To complete the project, however, if the owner fails to comply with the terms of the decision, then the city may repair, secure, or demolish the building or the structure, and the cost incurred for this work may be made a personal obligation of the property owner and either a nuisance abatement lien or a special assessment against the property. You will hear our decision today and receive formal notification of our decision in the mail. For, items number four, for item number four, we're here to consider the expenses incurred in the city, <clears throat> by the city in the notice and order and the repair, demolition, or securing of any building or structure done by the housing and dangerous building cases before us, together with any protests or objections. The question here is, are the fees, costs, or other amounts claimed by the city reasonable and justified? This board may revise, correct, or modify the proposed charges as we deem just. Once the board is satisfied with the correctness of the charges, we shall then make a decision confirming or rejecting the charges. Any written protests and related information received have been forwarded to us for consideration in our decision. You will hear our decision today and receive formal notification of our decision in the mail. Our decision will be forwarded to the City Council for a determination whether this hearing was conducted in accordance with the City Code. All right, 
So each item tonight will be called in order of those requesting to speak unless staff or board members request otherwise. The owner representative should state their name and the address and explain the nature of their appeal. <clears throat> Please be concise. Uh, the staff will identify themselves and provide a summary of the case, including the recommendation. The owner will then or can respond. Secretary will swell, swear in appellants and city staff prior to each case. So we will go ahead and get started. Uh, we will do. Mr. Chair. That's the next, the land acknowledgement and Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, sorry. So we did roll call. Now we're moving on to the land acknowledgement, and then we will do the Pledge of Allegiance. So I ask uh, everyone, please stand. Pledge of Additionally, the land acknowledgement. <clears throat> In honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands today, we acknowledge and honor the people's original, I'm sorry, to the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley of the Plains Miwok, Patwin, Wintons people, and people of Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only fe federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. All right. We will move on to the consent calendar. Approval of minutes from the January 10th, 2024 meeting. I move to accept the minutes. And Tapian? Oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Seconds. I'll second. Okay. And Tapian? Yes. Chamberlain? Yes. O'Brien? Yes. All right. <clears throat> we will now move on to the public hearing section of the notice and order appeal. So, case item number two 12th Street LLC. You're more than welcome to stand there or sit there. Either one that's whatever's easier for you. Uh huh. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh huh. So uh, hold, hold on one second. Or oh, did you have a, just a procedural question? Okay. She'll go ahead and swear you in. Can I get all parties to please raise your right hand and answer the following question? Do you solemnly swear under penalty of perjury that the testimony and evidence you give at this hearing shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Thank you. All right. Sorry. Inspector Holmes? Am I, was that Bruce? Is that you? Yeah, go ahead.
I, I apologize. Can you move the mic a little closer? Is it on? Or is it even on? The notice and order appeal. The case was opened on 8-18-2023. Current case status is hopefully going to close tomorrow because we have a building permit that is scheduled for final inspection tomorrow, but currently open. An initial inspection was performed on 8-18-2023 by building inspector Bruce Holmes. Inspection identi identified the property was in violation of Sacramento City Code section 896.110L, building structure violation, whenever any building or structure has been constructed, exists, or is maintained in violation of any specific requirement or prohibition applicable to such buildings or structure provided by regulations specified in Title 8 and 15 of this code, or any law or ordinance of this state or city relating to the condition, location, or structure of buildings, structure erected without prior approvals of plans and issuance of required building permits. Additionally, 17.604-400A, resources nominated as landmark contributing resources for the purpose of this chapter Resources nominated as landmarks and contributing resources under section 17.604.220 shall be treated as if they are landmarks and contributing resources on the Sacramento Register. And development projects involving these resources shall be subject to staff review under general direction of the preservation director, a preservation director hearing, or a preservation commission hearing pursuant to section 17.808.100. No outreach to preservation staff occurred prior to the building of this patio cover on this landmark designated parcel. Additionally, 8.96.110P, electrical hazard. Festion lighting has been added onto the under, unpermitted patio cover. Citizens can be seen using the unpermitted cover patio areas that was supposed to be barricaded from use. Case chronology and background. August 18, 2023, at 10.30 in the morning, following a call I placed to the city preservation staff with regards to a structure I observed being erected at a historical landmark property at 816 12th Street, informing them that I had no record for any activity in our seller permit software program and was wondering if they had had any contact from anyone with regards to adding an outdoor dining, I meant to put pergola <laughs> instead of pagoda, to this property. Preservation planner Henry Foyce stated he had seen the structure, but there had been no contact with their office. I advised him I would perform a site visit and investigate the matter. 1345 hours, I returned to the site and spoke with three individuals working on the installation. One of them stated that they were told no permits were required. I asked for documentation for that statement as to who told them that, where and when did that occur, and that until such time as that came prove those statements, I was posting a stop work notice on this historical landmark property and then posted the red tag and took photos. Later, on the same day at 
1.45 or 2.45 hours in the afternoon, I returned a phone call I received from the business owner of Jim Denny's and Gina Gaitone. She stated she had a meeting at 300 Richards in April with an individual name that was not provided that assured her that based on the plan she brought with her that no permit for the structure would be required. Additionally, she stated that said individual had actually came out to the site and inspected the forms and footings for the patio slab prior to the concrete pour. The pre premise for the for not for her not being no permit being required was the fact that the pergola structure was not attached to the building. Based on my research of the Acela program, I could not locate any records that supported these claims by the business owner. I explained to her that I will need further verification of documentation of what she is stating to move forward with investigating her claims. I also indicated to her that a prelim letter has been sent to the property owner based on my initial investigation. The current stop work order is to be respected. On the same day, I contacted Matt Harder with Development Engineering. He is one of their encroachment investigators and I questioned him regarding had he had any approach regarding the pergola structure on this property. Matt remembered some discussion of this property in the not too distant past regarding whether or not it would need any permits. As he recalls, the business owner was informed that given its location within the property lines of the parcel, it would not require any encroachment permit. However, it would require a building permit. In between the dates of 8:23 and 8:31 of August, this past August, there was a flurry of email activity between HDB supervisor staff, myself, preservation staff, and the business owner. It's too much to go into here, so I've just indicated it is in the case notes of this case. The results of all those emails was there was a site meeting with the pro. Excuse me, with the property owner set up for 9123. At that site meeting, it was set up with the business owner, myself, Sean DeCourcy, the preservation director, and Henry DeFus, one of the preservation planners, to discuss how to get this project back on the rails. A previous determination had been made that the business owner had been misled by the parties that she had hired to do this structure. The business was scheduled for a soft opening on the following weekend, and the owner was concerned about the ability to have it. There was a decision by higher CDD management staff to provide for the use of the diner space for, the, for having a soft opening and being able to serve meals. However, that the area covered by the pergola was to be barricaded and noticed as being off limits to all parties. The door entering and exiting from the public right-of-way was to be the only use, usable path with no dining being allowed to occur under the pergola. Additionally, as time was of the essence, the business owner was to commit to getting the project in for preservation review followed by plan check once approved by preservation. She was to obtain the services of an engineer or design professional to see if it was feasible to have the existing structure be modified for building code compliance purposes, addressing the deficiencies in the as-built condition. Following months, regular drive-bys were conducted by myself over 
a number of months, and I did not observe any progress being made towards the resolve of the situation. At times, citizens could be seen dining or sitting under the pergola. Additionally, fascia lighting had been added to the structure despite the stop work notice still being enforced as there was no issued permit. Finally, in late January of 2024, with absolutely no progress having been made, a notice and order was issued. This was quickly followed by the contractor working for the property owner coming into the building department to obtain a permit to remove the unpermitted structure. On February 1st, a permit was issued, COM 2402-402, which you have a copy of in your syllabus, was issued for housing case 23031167, removal of unpermitted patio cover, benches, and electrical. Post bases will need to be cut off and grinded smooth. Preservation allowed for the perimeter benches to remain, provided that the cutoff posts that were being used to support posts for the existing structure were finished off with four-sided beveling or rounding over of the caps. Uh, as of 2-15-24, all work appears to be nearing completion, awaiting final inspection, and as I say, having checked my records for my inspections tomorrow, it is scheduled for final inspection, which I will assume, based on my already present observations, it will pass. Notice of less prisons. <clears throat> when I say it was, it was done, you see in your records, I presented you with a copy that was forwarded to the county. It has not been recorded as yet. I have not been able to. That's because this turnaround between the notice and order, the permit being issued immediately thereafter, and where we are right now, that process with the county sometimes can take upwards of a month. <coughs> Excuse me. Property owner was contacted prior to issuing a notice and order. The preliminary preliminary letter was sent 822-23. The notice and order was sent to the property owner address listed on the county records. It was effectively served by substitute service on 126. The appellant has received the information and he did receive a copy of it from The boilerplate in our staff recommendations is a little overborne for what we're here for at this point because it says Finding the property owner has violated the provision of the chapter 8.96 and or 8100 of the code. That's the nature of the complaint. I wish we had language to allow us to point the fault at business owner. So are you removing section two from your recommendation? I would like I would like to put that. I mean, ultimately, property owners are the ones whether it's their tenant or the I get that. I'm saying you, your staff recommendation, I'm assuming you're <laughs> leaving it item one and you're removing. I, I'm asking, I'm not, I'm not telling you. So I'm asking, are you removing two and three? I would like them to remove two and three because okay. we already have the permit issued. And like I said, by tomorrow at this time, this is going to be a close. Um, and I, you have violation list, case photos, permit history, and the permit with you, title owner, and the lease pittance. Thank you. And before we get started, I apologize. I didn't get your name representing 12th Street LLC. Jay Negro. 
Can you, and I'm sorry, can you um, turn, oh yeah. Is it on? Testing. It was Thomas what? J. Negro. Okay, so I, we've read your appeal. So I'm just gonna read you just two lines from my opening, just as a reminder because I, in reading your appeal, I'm just reminding you that we're here to determine whether the owner of the building and the structure of the case before us this evening has violated the provisions of chapters 8.96 of the city of Sacramento code, the housing code or the, the building code. So this case that you're appealing right now is non-fee related. Just so you're aware, we can't, even if we don't have the authority to waive or change any fees, that would be a secondary um, appeal. This is just for the notice and order. I just wanted to make sure you were aware of that before you start. I wasn't, but um, having interacted with um, a, a couple of times now, um, Bruce, Bruce Holmes, the, I, I have to say that um, I, I truly believe that whatever he wants to do would be the right thing. So I can only tell you that you, as, a, as part of the LLC, you can hold your tenant responsible. For you, you can use your, you can actually pass those fees on to your tenant. No, I, I appreciate that, um, that concept. But considering where this tenant is and where she's been and and what she's facing, that wouldn't be something I would do. Fair enough. But I just I mean, no. I just wanted to. Okay. I just wanted to tell you that. But thanks for, you know. Sure. So any any comments that you want? What he said. Okay. <laughs> Board, any questions? Adopt a resolution finding the property owner has violated the provisions of Chapter 8.96 or 8.100 of the Sacramento City Code. Or. Or property located at 816 12th Street, Sacramento, California, uh, parcel number 006-0046-001-1. Well, I don't he's not on the second one. We'll know in the appeal. Uh, hold on, sorry. His appeal. A second. And Taplian? Yes. Chamberlain? Yes. O'Brien? Yes. All right. For this, the city is found in favor of the, of the, um, I'm sorry, let me start over. For this, the board is found in favor of the city for the notice and order. You still have an opportunity if you would like, you'll be and correct me if I'm wrong, you'll be mailed out a packet if you'd like to appeal the fees. That would be the next uh, appeal if you would like. Thank you very much. All right, item number three, uh, Inspector Proc and the representative uh, uh, Shannon Sutherland. 
Oh, you're fine. Oh. All right. Can I get all parties for item number three to please raise your right hand and answer the following question? Do you solemnly swear under penalty of perjury that the testimony and evidence you give at this hearing shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Inspector Proc. Go ahead. Good evening, Mr. Chair. Uh, my name is Elijah Proc. I'm a city building inspector for the uh, Housing and Dangerous Buildings Division. Uh, today's date is um, February 21st, 2024. Uh, this is in that matter of agenda item number three, case number five. Uh, property owner Shannon um, Sutherland, trustee of the uh, was dated 620. Uh, property address is 4615 Henry Way, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Henry Way, Sacramento, California, 95819. Parcel number is 00804210110. Um, this uh, type of report is a notice in order appeal. Um, this case was opened on March 27th, 23. Uh, current case status, it is open. Uh, this appeal is limited to the notice in order to pay costs and penalties only. Um, an initial inspection was performed on May 9th uh, by myself, uh, Building Inspector Proc. Inspection identified the property was in violation of the Sacramento City Code sections as followed, but not limited to um, 8100-190, uh, which requires building permits uh, to be obtained prior to uh, building a large storage shed and gazebo backyard, also for garage conversion and uh, utility room uh, back to original condition and remodel of the downstairs bathroom, a spa hookup. Uh, also 896.110L, uh, which is a building structure violation, which states that any work done without the benefit of required permit must be removed or be properly permitted and approved by the city of Sacramento. Other building structural, electrical, plumbing, mechanical code violations may be identified upon further inspection. Areas covered without inspection shall be exposed for said inspections and as deemed necessary by a building inspector of the city of Sacramento. All such work shall be performed in accordance with any applicable codes and ordinances. The city received a complaint of work without permit at the subject location. Upon initial inspection, the complaint was found valid. From public right away, I observed the following, but not limited to converted garage with new vinyl window installed at its um, west elevation, detached large storage shed and gazebo and backyard, outdoor lighting and other electrical outlets were observed throughout the backyard as well. No permits on file for any of the work uh, as specified. The above described property was determined to be in violation of Title 8100 of the Sacramento City Code and to be a hazard, unsafe, and a public nuisance by definition. Subsequently, I was contacted by the owner of record and explain the necessary permit requirements and expectations moving forward to address all unpermitted work with an option to remove all such installations. I want to agree to submit the required plans and obtain building permits to legalize all unpermitted work in a timely manner. The notice notice was issued on December 7th, 2023 for failure to obtain required permits as required. The validity of the notice in order is being appealed today. And I'd like to, uh, just state again, uh, this issue before us tonight is that the property was in violation at the time of the issuance of the notice and order. Uh, the cloud was recorded at uh, the Sacramento County Assessor's Office on May 30th, 23. 
property owner was contacted prior to issuing the notice and order. The notice and order was sent to the property owner address listed on, on the county assessor's records December 7th, 23, and it was effectively served by conspicuous posting of the notice on front of the property and simultaneously mailing it by both certified mail, uh, return receipt requested, and first class mail, which was not returned. The appellant has received the information being presented this evening. Staff recommends that the board adopts a decision finding the property owner has violated the provisions of Chapter 896 and or 8100 of the Sacramento City Code. Ordering the property owner to obtain a permit to correct the dangerous conditions or demolish the structure within 30 days of the date of this decision. And ordering that if the property owner fails, refuses or neglects to correct the dangerous conditions or demolish the structure within the set time forth in this decision that the City of Sacramento may repair, demolish or secure the structure or institute an action to compel compliance with the order. For the property um, known as 4615 Henry Way, Sacramento, California, 95819, parcel number 0080421010. Uh, please see the documents attached. Thank you. Sorry, one second. So, Inspector Proc, sorry, before I move on, this is in a slightly different, and maybe I'm just not good at reading today. But normally, I have the chronology, so I'm not sure if I'm reading this. Can you walk me through what I'm missing? Normally, paragraph has a chronology date, so I, I get that this case was open. Yeah, so normally, each paragraph has a chronology date, so I'm, I'm confused. And maybe I'm missing it on here, but it sounds like this case started on May 9th, or I'm sorry, March 27th is when you opened it. You did the initial inspection on May 9th, but that was the last date that I got until we get to December 7th. Answer any questions. So, so how about... I'll tell you what, I'll come back to you. I have similar questions. I'll say, so do we want to hear? Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Maybe they'll help me with that understanding because I'm not, I'll just listen. Sorry. Uh, and I'm sorry, you are Shannon, Miss Sutherland? Um, is it on? There we go. Yes, I'm Shannon Sutherland. I'm the owner of the property. Thank you um, for your time. Um, I have some more questions myself. Um, so I received a business card on May the 9th about the unpermitted remodel. Brought my permit with me. I pulled a permit in 1996. So the complaint, which I have reason to believe, and this is nothing that you can do anything about, that neighbor who, um, when I had my house for sale, um, alleged that I, my realtor had listed it as a five bedroom, four bath house, and I'm only permitted for a four bedroom, three bath house, which is what I have. My realtor was creative. That'll be a separate issue. Um, it, so I received the business card on my door on May the 9th asking me to contact um, Mr. Proc about the unpermitted remodel. 
I called him that day, and I emailed him that day and sent him copies of my permit. I didn't hear anything from him, and I thought the matter was settled. On July 14th, I received a bill, which I now understand was for the notice and order, which I never received until December the 7th. I called Mr. Proc on July 14th, never heard back from him, spent 45 minutes on 311 trying to find out who his supervisor was so I could escalate this because I did not want to ignore this situation. Found out it was uh, Doug Pearson and or Mr. Liker. Called both of them, you have exhibits in the package. Did you get the Magna Carta? Okay. Um, you have emails in there indicating that I had contacted Mr. Pearson as well as Mr. Liker and Mr. Proc never received any response. Finally, on the 24th of July, within the message line, third attempt, I finally got a call from Mr. Proc. How do I validate my permit? I had to let them in my house. I let the Hornets in the house. And once it was pretty much established that my permit matched the complaint, that I, the, the garage had already, I, I bought the house in 92, it was already living space, and my architect is here who did the drawings in 96 and drew that it was living space. So the city was on notice in 96 that it had already been designated as living space. There was an um, amendment that did not make it into the records, and I'm prepared to submit a, a plan amendment, but the bathroom has been there since 1996 with the shower. I can get into the other details if you'd like me to. I mean, I'll add cases come in front of us all the time about something that was done 10, 20, 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's still ultimately the responsible owner at that time to have got it permitted. So that I, that I understand. I'm still going to have some questions, but I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Lemos first. Looks like you have a question or for, comment. For the record, we will say in 1996 there was a permit to convert the garage to usable space with a bathroom, with a toilet. The issue is there was no shower on those plans. And their architect is up, and they are now, from what I understand, is going to submit drawings with a shower added on. So the original notice that said it was unpermitted garage conversion, with the assistance of the property owner, there is a permit. It just did not have a shower in the bathroom a water closet. Do know what, if the shower was inspected? Do we know if... How the, the city has no record of that. There's no record that says the shower was inspected, that there were plans submitted for the plumbing and such of a shower and pan for the water closet itself. With a plumbing inspection for a conversion like that, the, the inspection record wouldn't really differentiate whether plumbing for a toilet versus a shower, that kind of detail really isn't included in the inspection record, it's included on the plans, which in this case you're saying the shower was missing from the plans. Correct. That, was the, that would be the only evidence we would have is that we had no plans of a shower for the inspector to follow during that inspection. The note of the plumbing for that room would not have been inclusive of, I'm looking at a toilet, I'm looking at a drain, I'm looking at a shower pan. Plans or 
no identified inspections or approval of a shower at that time on those. Um, Can we clarify then, because I'm, I'm reading the following, well, it does say, but not limited to converted garage. So the converted garage we do, we're not concerned about at the moment. It's been converted and we have that. Detached large storage shed, shed in gazebo and backyard, outdoor lighting and other electrical outlets were observed throughout the backyard as well, no permits on file. So are we just talking about the bathroom today? To be specific, and you're both welcome to correct me, we're talking about a shower that needs to be added onto the plans and be approved, inspected and approved. We're talking about a hot tub electrical system and with the electrical system. We're talking about a gazebo with the electrical we're talking about a shed with electrical. Four items as I believe we are speaking of. That's the only parts that, I, that I'm knowing of reading this record. Am I right or wrong at this point? Yes, and plans and permits have been applied for for each of these items. Correct? Correct. So I guess. Were you done before I asked questions? Well, yes and no. Um, so to your question, was it inspected? Yes. And the evidence that I have for that is um, on the, um, uh, the sheet that the city uses for the rough plumbing, the rough electrical, and they give dates of when they came through. I have those dates and I have pictures of the area opened that correspond to the fact that it was opened and then subsequently inspected. The other issue I'd like to raise is that my contractor is now your building inspector. So you could call him, I asked for him to be present because he was my contractor and I know he's built millions or thousands of other homes he may not specifically remember but he I have pictures of Mr. Canary on the property engaged in the construction that I was permitted for so I can establish that that it was inspected and finaled Mr. Delimos at this point if the board would like to for this one item if the board would like to you know, Mr. Canary, to a hearing, we may do that. We have no testimony from Mr. Canary that he ever inspected, approved, well, he was the contractor. He wouldn't have been the one who inspected and approved it, from what I understand. We have nothing that I know of that says the building inspector approved these plans because there are no plans of it. Ultimately, the city's side is that there are no plans for this. It has to be included in the plans that they had submitted, which I believe they're doing or they have done, uh, because they were absent on the plans that were approved, stamped, and part of that building permit. One item of the four that I forementioned that we are here for to say that was this notice and order issued properly. Okay. And, and I will mention, yeah, we won't get, remind me if I don't get there, but we can't talk about fees right now. Do you have any questions? So, and a point, a point that I'd like to, you know, having been involved in a major remodel of my home, um, as you have may have been involved with, you have plans that are posted at the site. 
and you have an inspector that comes out and looks at the site. And I, your crystal ball is probably in the shop right next to mine. But how is it that an inspector can come onto the property for almost two years from 96 and 97 and not say, stop, you don't have a shower here? The answer I have to that, because I've asked my contractors, other contractors, and my architect, is that I didn't expand the space. I simply flipped the toilet and the tub, the shower, and it was like the work was done correctly. They didn't want to prevent progress. Go ahead and keep going. Okay. That's just, like, how is it that didn't get, I mean, now. I, I get Mr. Pro or Inspector Proc isn't. 96. Right, exactly. And honestly, I didn't find out about it until Mr. Brock came onto the property and was like, that shower has been there since 1996, and I can prove it. So while we don't have authority to make any ruling on fees, I'm going to ask questions just for my own. So I don't want just, Inspector Proc, have there been any fees associated with this yet? The cloud placed on the property, that comes with a fee. Um, title pulled, that comes with a fee. And the notice note itself, that's a fee. Okay. Is there anything you want? So only, the, only the fees for the actual notice have been submitted so far. Uh, if the property owner has photographs, as she says, and I believe she submitted some of the rough, um, it doesn't say that we inspected it, but it's going to assist Mr. Proc in his inspection of not having to expose that plumbing and such because there's photographs of it. We've never said that the bathroom hasn't been there since 1996. We are simply saying there's nothing of record on those plans that say it was ever constructed there. And for future, it's going to come back again if it's not done correctly. And I believe her own architect or contractor engineer, somebody said, I left it off. I'm going to go ahead and draw them in. So that, that part that I get. Make it correct. That, yeah, okay. I would, I have discussion, but before we start a discussion, are there any other questions for you? Are, no. are we done? No, I have discussion for us. I'd like to start. I have, okay, but keep kind of. I'm not saying I'm not making it. I'd like to have an open discussion with the okay. three of us, but I, before I do that, would you like to ask any more questions? I have a question about the title report. Um, the timing of the title of the, the title or um, the cloud, the pending enforcement action, the list pendants, being uh, recorded back in May of 2023. Yet the notice and order wasn't issued until December of 2023. Usually, you need to have a, a finding of a of a violation to start an enforcement action. I'm curious why the 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 list pendants was recorded. So the officer had identified the violations of the property was for sale and active sale. So as disclosure, we recorded against the property saying that we have actions against the property. It's not penalties or anything else. It's saying that the city has an action on this property is identified. So it's a um, cloud for disclosure. Follow back to 2008. Foreclosure crisis grand jury came back, said cities are to record as soon as possible to just give disclosure um, to any um, interested parties. And that is also why we run a title report on when, especially when we have an LLC, that early to make sure we are identifying and notifying all interested parties. 
So to your point, I received a bill and I had no idea what it was for. You said you received that bill in January? July 14th. July of 2023. And despite my best efforts from May the 9th and through most of July, I received no response as to what was happening. And then when um, we set up an appointment, uh, Mr. Prock and myself, on July 26th, and he and Mr. Uh, Travis, I don't remember his last name, came out, uh, that's when all hell broke loose. And, um, but it's like, okay, let's get this permitted. I went down to the counter, I took action, and I'll, I'll spare you the details, I think you have it in writing in the Magna Carta, um, of my experience of trying to get these permits through. I finally get it to a point where it's at the point where you'll at least look at them to start making you know, plan assessments, permit assessments, and then I get slapped with this notice and order. All right, thank you. Okay, so these are my thoughts. I'm not going to normally, one of us would just do a motion, but I'd like to have an open discussion. Thoughts are, Inspector Proc has definitely found something that warrants a notice and order. This hearing is just about a notice and order. I agree in my mind that yes, there is enough evidence from Inspector Proc for the notice and order. However, this is a more unique situation and while personally I think if I was to make the recommendation, I would probably stay with the city on the notice and order. However, after, I would highly recommend that the second appeal would be for the costs of the notice and order, which I can't talk about now, but that would be once this is over, you're allowed to appeal any of the costs at that time. So what I'm saying is I think there are issues. There are obviously now I'm trying to cure those issues. And that's and I'm not denying it's like let's let's get this you know, let's help the citizen of Sacramento get this across the finish line. I'm trying to play ball. Yeah. Nope, I get and, that. And then to be penalized, and I know you can't talk about the fees, but I believe procedurally the procedure for issuing this notice and order has major flaws. I, I think that what George is saying is that there are issues, but that doesn't mean, that does not mean there isn't violations. So basically what we're telling you is keep doing what you're doing because you're obviously going in the right direction. In your permits, you're going to get everything straightened out. They'll figure out what was done in 96 and 97, and then you'll have a full picture of what needs to get done, right? And then the appeal that we can't talk about is, is your remedy. Because really there is violations and that's really what all we're talking about tonight. And, and there's, there's other opportunities to hear this. So all we're telling you is, is that, you know, nobody says you're not doing the right thing. Nobody says you're not trying to do the right thing. But we need to figure that all out. Does that make sense to you? I'm also encouraging you to Appeal. I'm trying this. Can I say that? I'm just going to say it. I encourage you to file your second appeal when you're up. Can I say that? 
uh, garden shed, I was told by the city representative um, that I didn't need a permit because I was replacing like for like. I understand that I have relied to my detriment on that comment. Ultimately, we have worked but my, I guess my point is like, and Mr. Canary built my garden shed. So I, you know, the, the process of trying to get these permits where they keep putting these artificial barriers, I've done everything I can to use licensed contractors to participate to get, so, you know, the, the difficulties I'm experiencing getting permits for work that has been done correctly, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm trying to play ball, I'm trying to get this done. I participated in the cash for grass, the city saw all the landscape, the lighting, the gazebo, looks beautiful, Miss Sutherland. You know, I would just say that you... you I've relied to my desmond. You expressed that the contractors told you things and you would have a civil case against some contractors if they built sheds with electricity and everything else without permits and they told you that you didn't need permits and you paid the contractors and did contracts, then you would have a civil issue against that contractor. Um, on the city's part, there's no permits. There's never been permits. We need permits. And, and again, trying to get the permits to clean it all up. Ms. Sutherland, you said earlier that you applied for those permits. Did you say back in July? I, I did read your documents. I just can't remember the dates. Um, I made the first attempt back in August, a second attempt, I believe, in September, a, a second attempt again in September, and finally um, my arc, and another attempt in November after trying to get and then finally, I think it went through uh, on or about December 4th. And when I say went through, to the point where the people at the building department will finally just start looking at them. Right. So the application was received, accepted. Yes, yeah, finally. Might the term. Yes. So building inspector Proc, um, you started the case in March, right? was created in March and I heard your question before and just to address that concern um, you you're asking uh, how come you know the cloud was placed in May and title pulled in May and notice notice issued only in December um, this may be because I was just a little bit more lenient than I should have uh, based on my observation from day one that I was there which was May 9th I had observed four things there the shed the gazebo spa and this is you know things they can see from public right away and technically, I could have issued the notice in order right on that day. So the determination was made, the complaint was valid, work without permit was done. However, even my very first uh, note that I have here, I stated proceeding with cloud title, notice in order will follow once the violations were entered. So obviously, we cannot just send the notice in order out without the, you know, some paperwork to be done in the system. So, and Ms. Uh, Sutherland, she responded to uh, uh, my card that I left on the door right away. And due to the fact that we have a number of cases. I knew that she was on it, and I did not need to push that um, envelope, so to say, uh, proceeding with the notice and order. So time came, we met, uh, and this is you know, happened in July, and she also exuded you know, good faith at that time that she was on it. She agreed that the permits were required and she was gonna work on it. But fast forward, you know, December, again, you know, this is something that should have been issued at least at 30 days, if not, due to the fact that the, no, uh, the violations were found valid. Here we are, just uh, again, just to confirm the fact and uh, to underline the fact that we're here. To, uh, the notice in order, the validity of the notice in order is being appealed today, nothing else. 
So were you aware that she was making those attempts at getting her permits? Not before applied we met, for no. in August, September, November? Uh, at that time, yes. But uh, September, I was told that uh, she was going to go to for a month away out of the country on vacation. August. Um, you know, take it easy, which I did. You know, so, I, was, I was working with Ms. Sutherland. Right, and I think that's common practice for, for the building inspectors. If, if the owner is making a good faith effort to comply, to apply for permits, to get the plans in, and they're having difficulty, and they're keeping in contact with you, you usually do uh, monitor it, right? And so um, she says that it was accepted on December 4th, and yet you issued your notice on December 7th. Was that just coincidental or? Uh, no. Um, so again, the complaint was put through the 311 system uh, in March. I responded to it in May. We met in July. Now, fast forward December now. So the finally, and that was a lot of back and forth, uh, something that design professional really should have just submitted it in the first go, and that should have been accepted. But because there was so many details missing, and um, it almost appeared like uh, it wasn't a really thoughtful uh, submittal because it just happened one, two, three, four times. And uh, so finally, again, it was accepted. And when the um, plan check, uh, the invoice for plan check was uh, invoiced and sent to uh, Ms. Sutherland, you know, the email I get, it says, well, you know, I'm not going to be paying no fees right now. I'll get to it in uh, sometime in January because, you know, she was, you know, either going away someplace or some other things were more of a priority to her than, Get so, the rolling, and the permit couldn't be issued. It could not be even without the fees review, being paid. Without the fees, the initial fees paid. Okay. So, all right. Yes, ma'am. My Chairman. effort to keep him appraised of what was happening. It was December. I had taxes. I had a medical procedure that I needed. I had my trees to trim because I'm that responsible property owner. I had a significant financial outlay, and I wanted him to let him know I'll be paying these invoices in January. And Three days later, you should see the picture on my ring as he's taping the notice in order to my door. Okay. And um, I've, I've made a request to have a reassignment of inspector. I don't have confidence. I feel uh, very uncomfortable going forward working with Mr. Proc, and I'm asking this board to uh, make a reassignment. Whether you can or not, I want to put it on the record. Yeah, that's not in our authority. Sorry. Uh, Mr. Cosley. I just wanted to make the comment that initially the question had been asked and answered concerning um, the cloud. And the main thing to understand about that is just to protect anyone that might be out there looking for property. So we're required to do that. The fact that he said he waited a long time, that's leniency as well, as he stated. So the notice and order can be issued right away. It's all a courtesy. So there's been some effort between what he said, May and December, where we're saying we're giving you a chance. So if it's taking longer because you've got difficulties, we get that. But at some point, we have to issue the notice in order. All right, I, I'm going to, Mr. Proc, or Inspector Proc. So I'm sorry, Miss Sutherland has submitted permits, right? Yes, yeah, submitted applications for a permit. So would number two in your recommendation still be valid? Correct. It, it is still valid? Correct. Okay. And can you say what number two is? Sorry, or to obtain a permit. Which I'm trying to. Okay. All right, so board, 
I'm inclined to stick with staff recommendations for this case. Um, I'm going to go ahead and make my recommendation. Any other questions for either before I do? Okay. Sutherland, so Ms. Inspector Liker is, is Elijah Bronx. So We've spoke. Uh, We've spoke. Okay, perfect. And I've made the request and I was told it would not occur. Well. Uh, and I have um, evidence that reassignments can be done as uh, an appellant who was before you on September 23rd, Christy Fluke had a similar um, unfortunate multiple exchanges. All right. I make a motion finding the property owner has violated provisions of chapter 8.96 and or 8.100 of the Sacramento City Code, ordering the property owner to obtain a permit to correct the dangerous conditions or demolish the structure within 30 days of the date of the decision and ordering that if the property owner fails, refuses, or neglects to correct the dangerous conditions or demolish the structure within the time set forth in this decision that the city of Sacramento may repair, demolish, or secure the structure or institute an action to compel compliance with the order for property known as 4615 Henry Way, Sacramento, California, 95819, APN number 0080421-010-0000. Second. And Yes. Chamberlain? Yes. O'Brien? Yes. So we found that the, the city is correct that there are violations and that you are working on providing. So nothing really in that has changed. There are violations. Inspector Proc is correct. You notice you are getting a permit. There is, like I said, you'll get a letter in the mail detailing this. So, um, okay. And um, I am leaving on Monday and will be back April 1st. Okay, because I'll be gone for more than 30 days. Mr. Um, How much time do you yeah, get to appeal? So once the fees are invoiced, you'll receive another hearing packet that will be in a green and white envelope. That would be in a couple months though. You're good. Okay, because um, Mr. Uh, Taylor, my architect, is prepared, hopefully, um, to let uh, an inspector into my home to validate the permits should the permits be issued, because I do not want to delay. So I want to just let you know that I'm making arrangements for that to be done while I'm gone. Sounds good. And I added your PO box to the case. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. On that cheery note. Thank you very much. Have a great evening. All right. We will move on to item number four. Good timing. Uh, Inspector Eli? Inspector Eli is not available tonight, so you're stuck with me. Supervising Building Inspector Doug Pearson. Uh, the board rejects. Huh? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hold on. And then we have, is it... Daryl McCoy? Correct. Okay. All right. 
You're ready as well? All right, let's be sworn in. Can I get all parties for item number four to please raise your right hand and answer the following question? Do you solemnly swear under penalty of perjury that the testimony and evidence you give at this hearing shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Thank you. All right, supervising building inspector Pearson. Okay, this is agenda item number four, case number 23-023341, property owner Daryl McCoy, property address 3416 41st Street, parcel number 014-0213-010-0000. Case manager William Eli, uh, supervising building uh, Inspector Doug Pearson presenting. The case was open. Oh, this is uh, accounting of expenses. Case was open on June 26, 2023. The current status of the case is closed. Uh, on June 26, 2023, Building Inspector Will Ely met with the complaining party on the site to go over the violations. He found extension cords running through the walls of the house. He also found water heater and heating and air conditioning unit both installed without a permit. There was also not enough clearance in front of the toilet because the washer and dryer was installed in the bathroom. On June 27, 2023, a preliminary letter was sent out. Uh, on August 2, 2023, uh, Building Inspector Ely went to the home for a 30-day inspection of the property and had have had no contact with the owner or the tenant renting the house. No corrections had been made at this time. He requested a notice and order be sent. On August 17, 2023, he then requested a title report in a cloud. On October 19, 2023, a permit was issued. On November 7, 2023, he met with the owner to explain the penny penalties and found out that uh, the address was not correct and not updated. He then updated the address. On November 9th, he met with the owner for the file, final inspections. All violations were repaired. The case was closed. So uh, we have two invoices. Invoice number CDCHCH, sorry, let me start again. CDCCHC. 17761 for the notice and order and invoice CDC CHC 18088 for the termination title uh, along with a uh, other admin uh, fee total cost was $1,420. Uh, the cloud was properly recorded on August 7th, 2023. However, no return came from the county as of yet from, uh, for the actual document. The property owner was not contacted prior to issuing the notice and order, except in an attempt through the preliminary, preliminary letter, which was sent on June 27th, which appeared to have the wrong address, as was found in parcel viewer at the time. The notice and order uh, was sent to the property address listed on the current title report at 4424 Rocky Point Drive, Antioch, California, 95509. 
however, it was not effectively served that we could determine, and the notice and order was not appealed. The appellant has received the information being presented this evening. The staff recommends that the board adopt the decision confirming the total charge of $1,420 for the notice and order and the termination and title on the property known at 3416 41st Street. Parcel number 014-0213-010-0000. You, Mr. McCoy. Um, I'm kind of looking over and heard exactly what he just said. And of course I don't agree. Well, I, th this is his timeline and I can understand that, but I never received any of this stuff. I mean, never received. I haven't moved. I've owned this property since 1989. 1989, real clean property when you come to it. And uh, the, the reason or the way that I actually found out about all of this is that my mortgage company sent me a letter and contacted me in October and said, hey, uh, we receive something that your rear structure, you're not taking care of it, and they want to demolish it. And I say, no, nah, that can't be so. so. Then, of course, I call the city of Sacramento, and I say, what's going on? And they referred me to William Eli. William Eli, case manager. So I call up William Eli immediately. I say, hey, what's going on? It's my property. So William say, hey, look, uh, this all could have been avoided if your tenant contacted you. So I said, okay, you're talking to me now. What's wrong? And Mr. Eli said, well, there's certain things at your house that aren't right. When can you meet with me? I told him I can meet with him anytime, very next day. So I called him up and I, we agreed to meet that Friday at 11 o'clock at my house, which we did. So we go ahead and we meet up at my house and he's running and on the phone, while we're talking on the phone, I'm telling him, never received anything. So he's telling me that, well, you had to receive it because I'm looking at you and your wife's address on the rental housing program. And the address is 4424 Rocky Point Drive on the rental housing program. So I asked Eli, I said, what is a rental housing program? I know nothing about it. So, you know, he says, well, that's a program that's been around and you had to know about it because you filled out the paperwork and we have paperwork on you that you live at 4424 Rocky Point Drive. So I said, forget it. Let's meet the very next day. We meet at 11 o'clock. So we're there, and he's pointing out that a tenant complained that the water wasn't getting hot enough. So he said that he came out there, and he looked at it, and he explained to the lady that it's an older house, and the water takes time to get warm. And he saw that it got warm. But then he's telling me that the water heater didn't have a permit on it. I said... Okay, I know good and doggone well that I had the water heater replaced and the HVAC replaced in 2001 
by Sunny Hill. And that's after it was a fire at the house or whatever and smoke got into the thing and they said asbestos was in it. So they stripped everything out and I could finally put uh, an HVAC unit in there because it had wall heaters. So I do that. Everything is pretty much new. So, um, so when I meet him out there, I, I tell him, hey, these permits were, you know, got for the house. He says, no, this unit is a two, 2018. I say, yeah, but Sonny Hill updated that. I paid him 5100 for the unit and 1700 and something for the, for the uh, water heater. I even let him know that. So he says, well, he didn't get the correct permits, and it's your job to get the correct permits. I said, okay. And then he walks me through the house, and he's trying to explain um, some corrections that I need in the house. You know, I read him saying there's wires around. It wasn't wires laying all over the place. The lady in there had put up a, uh, a camera, uh, a camera that you would buy at the store if you wanted to monitor your kid. So she had hung with the wire. She wanted it to be higher so she could look out into the kitchen and the living room because who she's written the rooms to there, she's trying to help you know, disabled veterans. So that's one of the reasons that I actually rented the property to her. So me and him walk through the house and as we walk through the house, he's telling me, hey, you can't have extension cords uh, more than four months. Um, and I guess he said it was, uh, it was items that was in the way by the tenants that were in the house that would prevent you from walking out of, out of or inside an exit or entry door. Even though when me and him went there, none of those items were found. So after that, I told him, I said, okay, you're telling me about this. I immediately went down to the city. Uh, I got the permits for it. Adam, you know, got the permits on the 19th. I had all the work done uh, with the permits. And when I called him back up to actually come sign them off, he was in school. So he said he had to, you know, wait to get to it. So later on, he comes back and he ends up signing off at the beginning of November. So when I sit here and I actually look at his timeline saying he, I met with the owner to explain the penalties and found out the address not updated, uh, my address has always been updated. I know they said that they get my address from the Sacramento County tax collector. Parcel viewer. Yeah, parcel, correct? Parcel viewer, however it gets entered. Okay, so I go down there. I go down to the Sacramento County tax. They tell me that they don't enter it. They get it from the tax assessor's office. So I go down to the tax assessor's office to say, hey, you know, they're telling me that they tried to send me a letter and it didn't get to me. What address do you have? So the Sacramento County tax collector looks into its system and they say, oh, we got down 4424 Rocky Point Drive. I said, okay, how'd you get that address? Never been to the tax collector's office. So I told them to go ahead and pull what they actually had. So they went over all their notes and records 
and they're telling me that they don't have 4424 Rocky Point Drive in their system, and they couldn't tell me how it actually physically got there. Here I am with the document that they would give me, which is 1175 Seasons Drive, which is one of my, yeah, from 2001. Um, so even the 4424 Rocky Point Drive, I never, never received anything if they sent it there. But that's where they're telling me that I actually live, and that's what they're telling me that by the city council has approved, this is what they go by to send out mail. So as I was sitting there talking to Eli, I said, um, well, why don't you show me where you've gotten that from? So he brings up his computer and says, see, 4424. So that's the reason that I actually went down here. You know, and where did they get that address from? Because it's nowhere to be found. So I'm not hard to find. I'm very easy to find. I mean, I get calls every single day on that property that somebody wants to buy it or something else. And, and I tell you right now, utility bill, 1975 St. Martin Place. You know, I, I pay that thing every single month. I pay my taxes every single year. I don't have a problem. So even when I'm talking to the people at the tax assessor's office, they're telling me, well, if you guys did it electronically, we're not gonna have a paper trail. So they're just going to get what's ever written down. So that's one thing that I tried to explain to the city. I said, I said, look, as soon as, as soon as all this, as they send me, what's that called? The notice? Notice and order. Yeah, the notice and order. You know, they're telling me, and I'm looking at this, that they delivered it, they handed it to the owner, and you know, he signed for it. I've never seen that thing, I've never seen it. And as soon as I did see it, everything was taken care of within two weeks. What I told the people that was in the house is that you gotta take any wire off. So automatically, they have to take it off. It's an older house, so the washer and dryer, it's not mine, it's there. I said, forget it. You gotta remove the washer and dryer. No biggie. All I have to be is told what to do, and I'll do it. I don't disrespect anything. But the biggest thing about this, and looking at it, and the way this comes up, it's like I ignored the order, which we never received, and that's the reason that I'm paying bills that they want bills paid to the city. And it only would take a little work to actually get my address or get my phone number because everybody around that house has it. So, Mr. McCoy? Yes. It was sent to Rocking Point and that is not your address? No, I live at 1975 St. Martin Place for the last 18 years. Was the notice and order posted on the property as well? Okay. so. So the address we had from, from the system in CitizenServe, which gets its addresses from the county, that was the address that we were given at 4424 Rocky Point. That's where the preliminary letter was sent. Correct. The preliminary letter is a courtesy and not part of due process. Right. So we try and make contact that way. Unfortunately, contact was not made, and we don't do a return receipt or anything on that. It's only first class. 
So after not hearing anything, and but the tenant, we had talked, uh, Will had out there, so unfortunately the tenant after not hearing after 30 days, we do send out the notice and order. We aren't required to have prelim letters of courtesy, so we send out the notice and order. And that's where really the investigation starts with correct addresses and stuff like that, because that's when we put the, that's when we put the cloud on. And even though in this case a penalty was sent out as well as a monitoring fee, I, when I found out that we did not have good service on the notice and order, I, we, we rescinded that. We pulled it back, we did a fee correction. So he, I did that for him when he came to the office when he explained his situation and I realized he did not get proper service. Uh, and so we, we took that back. However, that does not validate the notice and order that we sent out originally because without getting proper service, if he hadn't acted so quickly, which he did, we would, we would be investigating and trying to find the correct address before we move forward with the case. But he acted quickly. Again, like he said, when he found out, he acted quickly, got a permit, and legalized it. But the, so, so you uh, removed the monitoring fee? You didn't remove We removed them. I removed, had Will do a fee reduction. I signed it, and I think Peter signed it for, to remove the monitoring fee and an admin penalty because we hadn't or even after the notice and order was sent out, we hadn't heard anything for 30 days. But through further research, we found out that was the wrong address because we did get a green card signed from this address, you know, but it's really hard to tell. And like I said, because it was somebody, not the correct address. So somebody received it and signed yeah. for it, but it wasn't? It wasn't the correct person. And did the title report have the Rocking Point address as well? Hold, hold on. Um, not you. He was, so go ahead. I don't think it did. That's why we, we I, I look back. I haven't. No question, yes. Notice and order is on the property as well. Oh, yeah, I didn't hear that. Yes, it got, the notice and order got posted onto the property. We did that much, but that's not effective service. For and, and Mr. McCoy, the tenant didn't share that with you? Yes, yes she did. She shared it when I found out at the very end, when I finally received something. Not at the, at, not at the beginning. But not at the time. Now, this is, this is the uh, caveat to that, is that they put it on the door. They don't tell the tenants anything. The lady tenant who made the complaint, she was upset at them putting it on the door and nothing was going to be done. She takes it off the door and keeps it. And that was even told to William Eli, who came out there. It was explained to him because I had a conversation with him and a conversation with the lady who runs that house and deals with the case managers with each and every tenant in that house because they all have case managers. So if something is wrong, it's easy for them to talk to the case manager and they can get anything they want. But when I talk to them, they, you know, they, they, they say that they just left it on the door and we couldn't get in contact with you. So, you know? Mr. McCoy, the noticing requirements are legal requirements that they have to meet. They have yeah. to provide notice to the 
address of record, which they use parcel viewer, which apparently had this rocking point address. And then, I'm sorry, Doug, the title report? I'm looking did, that up. Did it have their actual correct address? It does have, it does have Rocky Point Drive on it. And, it, yep, it's there. That's the, that's the actual listing of the, of the title. Rocky Point Drive. So the original grant deed must have that listed as the return address. I, yeah, I, uh, we don't see that on the grant deed. This is it right here. That's they couldn't the give me 4424 Rocky Point Drive because they don't have it. He can't get 4424 Rocky Point Drive from any tax assessor, Sacramento County tax, whatever, because they don't have it on record. And I know because I spent two days down there and trying to get that, what address, including what this afternoon. This is what they gave me. What address is listed on that grant deed? It's 1175 Seasons Drive in Pittsburgh, California. And is that your address? Dated 2001. And is that the correct address for you? No. Okay, so if they had had that document, they still wouldn't have been able to provide you notice correctly. Correct. And those documents are all that we, all that they can rely on. Yes, I, I understand. Okay, right. I, I just I wanted to follow that. I do understand that. I think the main point of contention here is that we're being penalized for not responding to a notice. And we're saying we couldn't respond to a notice that we had not received. The moment Daryl had a verbal conversation with Mr. Eli and was informed of what was going on at that property, and even that phone call was a result of Daryl reaching out because we had received notification from our mortgage company that, hey, something's going on at this property here, and if you don't address it, there's going to be an issue. So we're like, whoa, what's going on? So that's when we started doing some investigation of our own, found out what was going on with this property. Daryl finds out it's Mr. Eli he needs to speak to. He had a conversation with him, and that's when the ball started rolling. What do you have to do? You have to do A, B, C, and D. Daryl went up there, addressed it. It was done within, I think, two to three weeks. The work was done, and it was approved. Then we get another notification where we're being charged a sum of fourteen twenty, and we're saying why. And it apparently stems back from this original notice, and we're saying... Why are we being penalized when we didn't know? Makes we sense. didn't know and we can prove that we did not have any communication. Nothing was sent to our current address, which we've been living in Brentwood, California for the utilities and every and the every month to our current address. Brentwood. So I'm I'm still kind of unsure how this mishap has happened, but it the fact that now we're being penalized $1,400 because of it seems grossly unfair. You updated it since? Huh? Have you updated your address since? Yes. Okay. Yes. And not only that, though, uh, and I know you're talking about that, well, it would have went to the wrong address from the beginning. Um, we assumed when we looked at our documents when we looked at our, our refi documents, because it states on there that they're sending it to the Sacramento County Tax Assessor's Office, so, I mean, uh, Clerk Recorder's Office, so it could be recorded with that particular address. 
So we're doing everything that we need to do legally. You know, I've always done everything that I need to do to the house uh, as far as, you know, going on with the house if something's wrong with it. You know, I don't try to get over, or tr and that's what I even explain. You know, don't get me wrong, real nice person, uh, treated me well, talked to me, spoke to me well. But you know, it comes down to the same thing. What I asked him was, uh, well, Mr. Eli, I said, if they have the wrong address, what do you do? What does the city council do when they have the wrong address? And I know the first thing that he says is, well, it's your it's your um, responsibility to make sure that the address is correct, which I figured that address was correct when I look at my title papers. I'm figuring that all that stuff is correct. So then even for me to even go correct it, I have to go down to your county, Sacramento County Tax Collectors, and here I am, and they can't even find even 4424. So we go back to, if you can't find 4424, where does it stop? Where, where is okay, okay, when you can't even tell me how you got it? Okay, thank you. Do we, oh, were you gonna say something? George, I do need to make an amendment. I was informed that the, the uh, invoice numbers I read that are on the form are incorrect. It, it's. I guess the invoice is CDD. Hold on. So they're incorrect in the staff report. Everything. The, the amounts are oh, the that's same. fine. It's just the wrong amounts are okay. The that's wrong fine. invoice number. It should be CDD CHC one eight one six seven. Okay. That covers the notice and order termination and title. That's okay. I have one question, Mr. Chairman. Yeah. Um, to Mr. McCoy. So the, the county recorded that you got on February? February 22nd of 2001, the Leasons or what was it? They have 1175 Seasons. seasons. So they had that recorded uh, at that point. Did you eventually get them to change your address to the correct one? I did. Okay, that's what I wanted to ask, because it looks like it's reflecting now. Thank you. Do we have any other questions from the board? Yes, most have been answered. So the bottom line is it's it's a game of wrong information. I won't say bad information, wrong information. So from that, the penalties that have been acquired is from bad information, not due on the part of the owner, but due on the part of uh, whoever, in, uh, tax assessor, whoever office, whoever uh, inputted the incorrect information for an address that doesn't exist, period. So to penalize someone that didn't receive any kind of notification, because simply of a, not being able to be notified legally to the, their legal address, um, whether it's their home address, period, um, well, not period, but their home address, so forth, so on. With that said, as the appellant has stated clearly he addressed, they addressed everything in a very quick manner of time so there wouldn't have been an issue um, uh, from jump. To that, the penalties, uh, as you stated, Doug, uh, um, not 
Please, um, um, Supervisor Pearson, I'm sorry for calling you out by your first name, come at the cost simply because of the bad address. Not, well, actually, let me pause that just for a second. I, I'm a, this is, we're done, but let me just pause it for a quick sec second. As was stated, Eli's oh, not here, I'd like to ask the question, was there any exposed hot wires that he saw that that were written here, as he had stated, versus what the appellant was saying is simply a, a video cable um, plugged into a camera to source. But he, Eli's not here to ask that question, so and to that, actually one more question. So, um, 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 if you would answer for me, what is the code, or if there is one, in regards to having an extension cord around the house? There, there, uh, the, cord, the cords, which are shown in the picture, which is attached to the packet, are in violation because they're being used in lieu of permanent wiring, and then when you start securing it, as it is with staples and other methods, you create pinch points and hot spots, which create fires. Well, I'm with you on that. No, my apologies, I didn't see the picture. And even looking at it, I thought that was a, a, just a bad electrician's job to a box. No, those <laughs> are like white extension be... cords. <laughs> I'm with you now, so okay. I wouldn't have asked that question. But to that, we're good there. But again, that goes back to the tenant, so from, that's the uh, extension cords, I understand uh, Unfortunately, that. yes. I have a question. Do you still own Rocky Point Drive? How long has it been since you own that property? So to address your other question regarding the fees for a notice and order, it happens all the time that initially the, correct, the address is incorrect, which as board members you have seen over the, the process in parcel viewer. When we send the notice, or when we send the preliminary letter, the preliminary letter is a freebie. That that we do it, we don't charge any money, we don't put a cloud on the title. However, to process the notice and order, which is a sec which is the next step we go to, it costs the city money because we have to we have to put a uh, a termination. We we collect the termination fee, which we we collect up front because that's what we have to pay the county on the back end. One of the things we do when we have to make sure that we can get in contact with the owner is request the title report. So at the point we request the title report is when, with the notice and order, is actually the way he got notified was the bank because when we send a copy to the bank and we send a copy that's in the listed in the title report if it's different than where we already sent it, which that got sent out. So. We do everything we can, and we send it first class letter, we send it certified mail, and we post on the property. We do everything we can in order to make contact because a lot of times we don't hear from owners even if it's the correct mailing address. So we have to go to the next step. And in order for us to go to the next step, that's what the city, through an auditing process, has, well, the, the title and termination are fees we pay. Through the notice and order is all the costs associated to complete that case to that step at that point between all the admin fees 
penalties and what they've deemed as a cost to get us to that point. I appreciate that. And again, just, just uh, encapsulating it this way, and, and I don't know what part of that is the county, as you said, the back end for the title search, um, uh, title report, same thing. The, it, that, it was there in, the county's in for uh, office for not inputting the correct address to begin with. So just um, let me walk it out just a little bit. So had the county's office, um, assessor's office, inputted the correct address, the appellant would have been notified with the um, notice of order. Had the county assessor's office inputted the correct address from the um, um, first letter, the appellant would have been notified. Had the, with that, as, as was shown by the appellant's actions, once actually noticed, work was completed. I understand there's a cost that goes into the process. That cost would have never happened had the appellant actually been notified at the correct address. To that, I understand the work that has been done and the fees associated, but they would have never happened for going by testimony and what has been shown the county's bad, uh, not inputting the right information, none of these fees would have actually happened. In outside of, let me ask this last question, with the violations that were recorded, what would be the fees for those violations? You know, okay, it's a violation, they were marked off, but they were corrected. So if they were corrected, there, were, there isn't going to be a fee then, correct? If, under your scenario, that when we, we had the correct address, provided he had provided the county with the correct address and they had the correct address, and he had, which he did, um, get onto it in a very extreme manner, uh, timeline, I mean, he did it accelerated versus most of our customers, if it, we wouldn't have issued a notice and order. It sounds like it. All I can do is say it, it's a possibility. In his case, yes. If he had been properly notified, he, uh, when he was properly notified, he addressed all the issues within a timeline that would have uh, kept him from receiving the notice and order. Fantastic. Uh, I'm going to say this last thing, that I'm going to make a motion. Now that um, Mr. McCoy that your actual address has been recorded, as you stated um, earlier, right? On file with the city or county of Sacramento, your correct mailing address, as far as the ownership for that property, but your ad correct address had already been on file in regards to the utilities that you receive. I'm with you, just, just um, making sure. Um, Inspector, uh, excuse me, Supervisor Pearson, the rental uh, what is that, the rental property? Rental Housing Inspection Program. Thank you. You know I never remember. <laughs> so, do they now have the correct mailing address for the McCoys? Okay. The answer is yes. Thank you, uh, uh, Bo. They have St. Martin's Place, 1975 St. Martin's Place. Okay. 
Fantastic. All right. So all, we're, we're all there. I know I heard it before. I was just making sure that it went that way. And with that, I'd like to make... Oh, Mr. Bart, hold on one second. My apologies. We have one more comment. I just, just wanted to make one more comment because ultimately we understand what we're talking about here. However, when we say it's ultimately your responsibility, it was a good thing that this happened because now you're corrected in the right way. But at one time, you did live at 4424. And however that got into the systems and they started talking to each other, it populated in the wrong areas, obviously, but it did populate from an actual real address of yours, albeit 18, 10 years ago. So in other words, we did do the do, uh, do, do. Understood. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I understand. Right. Mr. Boyd. Well, okay, oh. then I'm, I'm slightly confused then because I through all of this that I heard that 4424 Rocky Point is the address you just stated? I think he's saying they did their due diligence, though, for what was in there, the address. Was a previous address where you lived? No, that's not where they lived. It's right. The that's the incorrect address. They didn't. The correct address in the past. In the past. Where you, in the past where you lived. Rocky Point address was. Oh, that I didn't get. Financing it, the new documents didn't get inputted correctly, so the original grant deed mailing address was 4424 Rocky Point. So, and we learned an older address from one with seventy five seasons. Yeah, oh. Okay. This is Ms. McCoy. Sorry for interrupting you. Let me make a motion here. Okay. We get to the right page. Sorry. What I'd like to make a um, motion um, waiving all of the fees of $1,420. For the updated invoice CDDCHC one eight one six one. Do I have that correct? Do we have a second? I'll second. Oh, I just want to. Mr. McCoy. Mr. McCoy. You still, you were still responsible for the fact that you did you put in a water heater without permits. I know you hired a contractor and he was supposed to do it, but he didn't do it. And it's the same with the air conditioner. So you've dealt with that fact. I'm just saying that's one of the things you always got to remember when you hire an outside 
guy that you need to make sure that they know they have, they have to get permits. Okay. That's yes. It. Now, now I don't let contractors do anything. I'm getting the permits and they're coming to me, so I know I have a permit. Now I know that I, you know, just assume that. When Sounds. Out there with yeah. Hold on one second. Go ahead. And Tabland. Yes. Chamberlain. Yes. Boyd. Yes. O'Brien. Yes. All right. The board has found in favor of you and the fees have been waived. You will receive a letter in the mail detailing. Thank you. All right. Let's move on to item number five, housing and dangerous building case cost recovery uncontested. The following items shall be heard as blanket items. City staff recommends that the board adopt a decision confirming the total charge noted by each agenda line for expenses incurred by the city in the enforcement of provisions of the housing code and or dangerous building code with respect to the property known by the physical address and or parcel number as noted within each agenda line for items numbers line 1 through 51, 54 through 78, 81 through 171. So moved. I'll second. And Tapland? Yes. Chamberlain? Yes. Boyd? Yes. O'Brien? Yes. All right, moving on. Board comments, ideas, and questions. When can you turn the heat down? Just kidding. No, it's cold in here. We usually mess with it when we first get just, just joking from last meeting. I will say I do have a comment. Uh, is it just? Yeah, sorry. I I, just I decided to. Yes, thank you. I wasn't sure if I can really ask that question either. I'm full of things. I'm not sure I can ask today. So I believe it was, I wanted to wait until the very end for the least amount of people, but uh, maybe we have a second set of eyes look at Mr. Holmes or Inspector Holmes's uh, packet. His staff report, yeah. I, I get your, oh sorry, that's you, that's right. Okay, just a suggestion, I'm not sure if you all read it or did you? Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's out loud, but as long as you understand what I'm saying. Thank you. Uh, and then Mr. Prox. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. If we can get the, he's done it before. He's he's here every week or every month. But the the timelines, I really got lost without timelines on the one he did today. He always puts timelines in there, like the dates. He just didn't do it on this last one. I might can speak to that. Oh. From this standpoint, he's convoluted situation based on this, so that it would only be talking about the notice and order. So he okay. tried to abbreviate things, but. In doing so, he didn't do the chronology as you're used to seeing. And that's, that's well, he did a chronology in the report. It just didn't, it just was all, and I couldn't see, like, usually, like, I'm fine with abbreviated, trust me, I'm fine with the abbreviated, but I see on a lot of them, there's at least dates, so I can see how far, like, I reached out, I did this, so I can see, hey, they've reached out three times in the last six months, like, right. so that helps. There, there's a lot more. 
and I get that. So if that's the case for that, that's fine. So that was my last comment for that. So public comments, do we have any? No public comments? All right, any other before we adjourn? Thank you, we're adjourned. So off the record comments? Y'all could have split the cost on that. I mean, you know, we did them a favor too. Yeah.